Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Yes, we want to extend a wholehearted invitation to come spend two days with us feeling your inner deficits, feeling your weakness, feeling your brokenness, feeling your profound need for a savior your profound need for a father who's perfect. And you know, the Sheelys are up there in that photo because they're gonna be with us Friday night. And uh, I just love the purity. We love the purity in their worship. And which speaking of purity in worship, I am so grateful for Vanessa Hale. Are you guys so grateful for Vanessa Hale? And the way that she just creates so much space for our worship, not to be about one sound, but the sounds of the people of God. And uh, the way she has been leading us through this season really of unique outpouring uh, is such a gift. And um, she's with child, so I just keep waiting for her not to be here. (laughs) And uh, we just want to send her with all of our blessing, her and Josh, into this season, the the way their family sacrifices to serve us is such a gift. And for me, uh, personally, the last... Oh, probably like two and a half years, Lauren has made, made space for us as a leadership team to really just rip open our hearts and receive authentic nutrients from each other. And for Vanessa specifically, uh, I have showed her the bottom of my poverty and pulled very specifically on the inheritance of security that she walks in. And she she has... uh, sown into the eternity in my heart. So this morning, my heart was just welling up for the Hale family as they're on the brink of um, being faithful to be fruitful and multiply. And so we're just sending you guys with all of our blessing. You are reigning in life. You are doing well. So, you know, um, the prophet Joel said, in the last days, I'm gonna pour out my spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, uh, it was echoed. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, all flesh. And you know, I just want to release some super good news this morning that if you have a body, you are qualified. That flesh literally means a body. If you have, if you came this morning in a body, you qualify to be poured out on by the Holy Spirit. That you are designed, your very wiring 
being intentionally chosen for such a time as this to be walking the earth is because you are wired to host the presence of the living God. And you know, all that is necessary to stand under an outpouring of the Holy Spirit is your body in the room. And you know, the, that is one experience in the kingdom, that everyone, this is where it says everyone come and drink. That you, you could be standing next to somebody in, in the middle of an outpouring who maybe smoked marijuana before they came here. And the same outpouring of the Holy Spirit is falling on them that's falling on you. You could maybe be standing next to someone or someone could be laying on the ground flopping like a fish that you know that you know that you know that they have no inner character structure happening on their insides and they are experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, what Dan was talking about in transition, you can be out and about uh, and the Holy, the Holy Spirit can say, I want you to, to pay for that person's groceries in front of you. And you become a conduit of the goodness of God, an outpouring of the goodness of God. And that person doesn't even know or believe in God. And all they needed was a body in the room where the Holy Spirit was flowing. And, you know, that, that is for all of humanity whoever you are, wherever you are, that there, there, you know, in the new covenant, there is uh, no respecters of persons. There are not special, unique people that get chosen to host the presence of God. Humanity is chosen to host the presence of God. And it's only by the blood of Jesus that the presence of God gets inside of us. And so it's one experience to experience God. It's another experience to house God. And when we're talking about housing God, it very much matters if you smoked marijuana last night. It very much matters what your internal character structure is doing on the inside. Uh, because the amount of your inner world that's in agreement with the presence of God is the amount of presence that you will live aware of on your insides. And so what the presence of God in an outpouring comes to expose is our need for God, our need for God to live in a constant place of communion with his holiness, that how much of my inner world is a resting place for what God says yes and amen to, how much of my inner world is in agreement with what Jesus believes. You know, we, uh, we are truly transformed when what Jesus believes is at rest in what I believe. 
when how Jesus feels is at rest in how I feel. And, you know, David said this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. And, you know, following Jesus is wild because the longer we follow him, the more we discover parts of our soul that are not blessing him that are truly unaware of his benefits. And, you know, it requires receiving a blessing to be able to give a blessing. That in the kingdom, he always first gives what he's asking for from us. Otherwise, it's performance. And if, if you've ever seen a child give love it is in direct proportion to the amount of love that they have received. We have received countless gifts that we ourselves paid for from our children. <laughs> We've received countless gifts that are recycled love. And nothing you give to God didn't first come from him. Nothing you offer him as an offering did he first not give to you. The very air that you breathe came from him. The very heart that's beating in your chest can only be surrendered to him because he's the one sustaining it. So, so the overwhelming emphasis in the kingdom is not what you are bringing to Jesus but it is what has Jesus brought to you? And, and, you know, that process of discipleship is how much of what he has poured out on me can remain in me. How much, you know, when, when Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came and remained that the presence found a resting place in the person of Jesus. And you know, every, every place in you that's not at rest in him is what Jesus is calling to. Jesus is calling to every place in you that's anxious. Every place in you that's weary He's saying, come to me. And, you know, the cruelty of religion is it, it puts um, the presence of God out in front of us like a dangling carrot. When I get my thoughts right, I'll receive God. When I get my behavior right, I'll receive God. But receiving presence into the chaos inside of you, into the emptiness inside of you, into the loneliness inside of you is the starting point of your transformation. It's not the bow on the top. It's the beginning. It's the source. It's the sustenance of how you become like him. So let's, let's look at Romans 5 because these are not my ideas. My goal is never to preach my ideas. 
nobody's going to be helped by my ideas. <laughs> my goal is to preach a message that's so old, that's so ancient, that I would say nothing new. I'm looking to say things that are incredibly old, that have been being passed down from generation to generation because there's power in the blood of Jesus that's still today speaking a better word over your life than any message a human could come up with. So in Romans 5, in verse 6, it says, when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, powerless to save themselves. Now, who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. And there is still much more for us to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? So you were entirely helpless weak and powerless to save yourself. Okay, no matter how big you become, this is still the truth when you stand next to God. You cannot outgrow your need for Jesus no matter how big and spiritual we become. This is, this is why he's never threatened by us arising and shining in the glory he gave us. Because if we're truly seeing how magnificent he is, there will never be competition. There will never be competition. And uh, when we feel insecure that the way uh, we're arising and shining uh, is too confident, then we're too focused on ourselves because your confidence has no lid when it's resting in who your God is, when it's resting in his magnificence. Uh, so um, you, you were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save yourself. And you know, all those really define a child. Helpless, weak, and powerless. And to enter the kingdom, you have to become like a child. Helpless, weak, and powerless. That the kingdom is given to the poor in spirit. 
to receive the kingdom, you have to be poor in spirit. And, you know, the majority of us hate all these feelings. Entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save yourself. And the majority of us have built an entire life around skill sets and strengths and resources that uh, shield us from feeling entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save yourselves. And you know, greatness, when the disciples would be fighting about who's gonna be great here? Who's gonna get to sit by your, by your side? That's all I care about, you know? The problem wasn't their passion for greatness. The problem was to be great in the kingdom, Jesus pulled, pulled someone in front of them that was entirely helpless, weak, and powerless, and said, this is what greatness in the kingdom looks like. A child. If you want to be great in my kingdom, you're going to need me. You're going to, be, you're going to need to be 100% poor without me. You're going to need to be 100% reliant on me. And you're going to need to never outgrow that. And, you know, seasons of pruning are such a gift because it exposes any place we've started to rely on the fruit in our life for our confidence. It exposes any place in our life where my shoulders are pushed back because I'm bearing a lot of fruit that people can see. And I feel good if you feel good. Do you feel good? Because I feel good if you feel good. <laughs> and pruning exposes our dependence on anything but the vine. You know, and it exposes, at, you know, in John 15, when you look at that passage, Jesus says all this about pruning. And remain in me. Abide in me. Stay present with me. And he, he's like, I'm saying all of this because I want my joy to be in you. And I want your joy to be full. So, so what pruning cuts away is anything that your joy is tied to that is not eternal. Because fruit that remains only comes from abiding in the vine. And so when he starts to prune our lives, he starts to expose our bondage. And sometimes it's confusing because we didn't know these good, beautiful things that, that he gave us in our gifts, in our skill sets, in our favor, in our resources. Over time, what pruning exposes is where we became uh, abiders in the fruit. <laughs> we became abiders in the fruit. We became at rest in the fruit. We became comfortable in the fruit. And children do not rest in your resources. When children have a need, before the world starts to shape their thinking, when they're still innocent, when they're still entirely weak, 
helpless and powerless to do anything for themselves. And there's no shame in it in a happy home. There's a delight in it. There's like, you exist to take care of me and I'm happy. When it's that kind of innocence that Jesus was pointing to as success in the kingdom, they don't come to you and say, I need money for a bike. They come to you. Your money is not the source. You are their source. And they say, Dad, I need a bike. I really want a bike. Anything they need, they're not funneling through how much you make an hour. <laughs> Anything they desire, they're not like, can we sit down and have a finance meeting to see if this is in the budget for now? <laughs> they are seeing you as the source. They will not find out for a while <laughs> that you work really hard to buy them the bike. They don't care about what you're doing every day. They're not thinking about that. They're living their destiny entirely weak, helpless, and happy about it. And what Jesus is saying, he came trumpeting, saying, hey, this world is backwards. This world is upside down. And, you know, some, what, what the religious spirit starts to funnel that through is, oh, this is going to be create people who, who don't work. <laughs> this is going to create, we've all talked with them on both sides of the conversation. <laughs> this is gonna create people who, who, who don't wanna be responsible. This is gonna create irresponsibility. And you know, the, the truth in that is you're, you're challenging the perspective of Jesus. So let's remember that. You know, that, that's fine. He can handle your challenge, but let's just start with uh, every truth in the kingdom can be abused. And to eliminate abuse is the goal of a, um, a religious spirit that would like to appear godly, appear wise. And underneath of it is a craving for control to feel safe. Because I don't want to feel weak. I don't want to feel powerless. And I don't want to feel helpless and entirely dependent on a God as my source. But the truth in the kingdom is those who know their God will carry out great exploits. And if you want to accomplish things in your life, if you want to bear fruit that you can produce, be strong in yourself. <laughs> be entirely dependent on yourself and call it responsibility. <laughs> and you will bear fruit that a religious spirit will look at and applaud. But if you want to bear fruit, that takes two men carrying on a pole.
whole because it's supernatural and not of this world. And no one could look at and say, wow, she's awesome. If you want to bear fruit that cannot be attributed to your gifts, if you want to bear fruit that cannot be attributed to your character, to your praying, to your fasting, to your courage in the marketplace, <laughs> if you want to bear fruit that requires a humility that knows, I couldn't have done that. You know I couldn't have done that. He knows I couldn't have done that. That remains into eternity. And fruit that your identity is not hinging upon. That some seasons you got loads of people with poles behind you shouting, this is what my God is able and capable of. That it's not by power. It's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. That kind of fruit requires a dependency that is reckless. A dependency that is not celebrated in this world. A dependency that knows that I know that I know that I have laid down my life to belong to this God. And my yes is eternally settled. And you know, this kind of life, what a religious spirit does is it puts it in the future. It, it puts presence in the future. And it, it puts all sorts of things between us and presence. When I. And sometimes it's like really natural things that are so sneaky in there. Well, when I'm financially secure, I'll feel so free to trust God. You know, <laughs> when, I, when I lose 10 pounds, I will feel so confident to be everything he's asking me to be. When my kids respect me, I will feel so bold to da -da 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 -da. <laughs> you know, and what, uh, what Jesus came pronouncing he said, so many people say the kingdom's over here, the kingdom's over there, but I've come saying the kingdom is within you. It is within you right now. And all of us in this room, if you have received the truth of what Romans 5 is talking about, if you have received the truth of what the blood of Jesus alone gives you access to, then right now in this moment, heaven, the fullness of presence, what is heaven? Jesus lifted up his hand and he said, the kingdom is at hand. Why was the kingdom at hand? Because Jesus was there. The kingdom is wherever Jesus is, wherever the Father is, wherever the Holy Spirit is, and the kingdom is within you. 
And your capacity to experience that is in direct proportion for how you are leading yourself into the way of Jesus. How you are leading your inner world. That every part of your soul is an awakening to the blessing of God that's being spoken over your life. And taking advantage of your every anxiety. Taking advantage of your every worry. Taking advantage of every crisis, of of every bit of weight from living in this world and pulling it into the kingdom. Pulling it into your sphere of power that is within you. That the problem is never what you can see in the physical. The problem is always the person that is seeing the problem. Which means you. <laughs> and you know, that this kind of radical lifestyle requires that you only own one life. You are only responsible for one life. And it confronts every fear of man that has taken up residence on your insides. To violently begin to take back ownership of every emotion that comes into your body, of every thought that comes into your body, of every bit of pressure that comes into your body. I own it, all right, I tried to put that up for sale, and I own it. And to actually go through the cross where fear has a resting place. And you know, the reason we get so hung up on being afraid that people are judging us is because they are. They are. You know? The only reason you know they are is because you are. You are judging everyone because the same measure that you use is being used. This is why Jesus said, take the plank out of your eye. (laughs) You know, he's like, you are seeing the world from your inner reality. And that's inescapable. And this is what Jesus is saying. I have declared over you, you are righteous. Do you know what that means? His view of you is right. There's only one view of you that's 100% accurate. My view of you is not accurate because I'm still on on a journey of leading myself. The broken parts of me, the wounded parts of me, that got distorted and perverted from this broken and fallen world. I'm still on a journey of discipleship, gathering those parts of me and bringing them into the presence now. Not when they're healed, not when they feel like Jesus feels, but right now. Not putting presence off to some future event, 
but right now, reconciliation right now. And our view of the world is healed as his view of us takes dominance in our inner world. That I can only see you with the amount of mercy I myself have received. I can only see you with the amount of grace I myself have received. And so, you know, having a goal and ambition to get what I need from your perspective of me, um, it's never going to happen. If, if, if presence is somewhere out here within your domain of control, you will never arrive. You will never arrive. Presence is a gift from Jesus. It's a gift from Jesus, and it requires that you need it, that you're helpless without him, that you're weak without him, and that you believe in the fullness of what Jesus has done. And, you know, the greatest gift that Jesus gives us, Romans 5 says, is that while you were an enemy, while you were a sinner, he said, I give you myself. I give you myself today. And so let's just all stand up. And, you know, Romans 8 calls this full acceptance, the spirit of adoption, that Jesus has given us full acceptance. It does not mean full agreement. It does not mean he agrees with everything you're doing and thinking in life right now. It means I see everything you're doing. I see the reasons why you're doing it. And I see you with absolute righteousness. I see you rightly and I give you myself. So I just want you to close your eyes for one minute. And I just want you to be honest about what you're waiting for. to abide, to remain, to live in the fullness of the presence of Jesus now. And, and in that place, in whatever way your heart says it. I just, we just say, Jesus, we receive you now. We receive you here. We open wide in our childlike wonder, our childlike awe. And we trust you here. We accept you here. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. So we're going to we're going to have the ministry team come on up and we would just love to minister to you deeply. If if you're uh, having anything going on, a need in your body, a need in your soul, um, for miracles, if you just if you just want to linger in the presence this morning, if you just want to linger in this place of access, we just want to open open this uh, front area up to you. You could go get your kids and come back in and linger. Whatever you need today, get what you need, okay? We love you. We bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.